Hi, friends. You're tuned in to Legal Means Business, a podcast by Leeway. We are joined by some amazing guests who help us identify how to take your legal function and career to the next level. I'm your host, Steph Smith, and we're talking all things legal ops and legal tech, as well as other critical skills needed to help you thrive in the evolving in-house arena. Don't forget, you can watch us on YouTube or listen on the go through Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy the conversation, please do hit subscribe and let us know what you think on social. I was skeptical um, mm-hmm. when I was when I was starting uh, making my TikToks. I was like, "Is the industry ready? Isn't it too, let's say, childish or like this very traditional, very standardized industry?" But yeah, honestly, it wasn't. It wasn't. I, I've got a lot of positive feedback after my yeah. after my content. So so yeah, I feel like it's uh, yeah, it's good. It's it's sort of shifting the, the stigma of this. Mm-hmm industry being very traditional and yeah stuck in one place so mm-hmm. i do enjoy it who would have thought that sharing tiktoks on linkedin poking fun at the world of legal would create such a strong sense of community this is exactly what matt Yagabowski has managed to achieve thanks to his refreshing take on how legal topics can be communicated matt is a legal ops specialist with almost 10 years of experience during which he shifted from a purely legal environment to the world of legal tech. He is now best known in the legal community as someone who shares thought-provoking and well-designed commentary around the world of legal, proving that we can break down the barriers between legal and the rest of the business with a more approachable and human communication style. Today, Matt joins us to explore how you can find your legal community online, as well as taking a deep dive into some of his most popular posts around legal tech and legal ops. Let's dive in. Matt, hello. Hi. (laughs) How are you doing? Yeah, very good. Very good. Uh, Yeah, always a pleasure to, uh, to be part of a podcast. So, yeah. Yeah, well, we're delighted to have you. I know we've we've spoken a, a few times before, so I'm I'm happy you're here to to share your insights with us. Um, because I've been enjoying all your uh, LinkedIn posts and your TikToks, especially on LinkedIn. <laughs> They've been super interesting. So hopefully we can dig into that a bit later on as well, if that's okay. I guess to start with, it'd be great to hear a little bit more about your experience and how you've ended up where you are today and doing what you're doing. Uh, yeah, sure. So, um, so my experience is, is pretty much in legal. So, you know, the standard traditional legal path. I thought I'm gonna, I'm gonna end up, um, sort of, yeah, in a, in a traditional legal, legal role, solicitor, barrister, in-house. I mean, I did end up as in-house uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, did I enjoy it to a degree? I did, uh, but. Um, yeah, I decided that my passion lies somewhere else. That is not completely outside of legal. It is mm-hmm. legal, but it's, it's, it's not really, it's um, not solving sort of the client's problems or your, your company's problems, firm problems, but more broadly, the, the industry uh, problems yeah. in, in, in terms of technology and sort of how things can be done better 
more efficient and sort of how it could work not only for not only for the, our, our little sort of like space but for the, mm-hmm. for the whole uh, legal space so so that that's why I moved into legal tech and been been working here and there and also recently started doing quite a lot in terms of legal content I post mm-hmm. up on, on LinkedIn as you've mentioned I also make TikToks it's yeah it's super fun I for me it's just like uh yeah doing something that I love doing because like my passion mm-hmm. is really about you know just looking at things from a different perspective because like I've been there I know what it's like to to go through like a huge approval process to like have your documents done before it's before uh sale for example or something like that mm-hmm. or all that bureaucratic stuff that you have to deal with when you uh when you when you have like a yeah when you when you're working on something from a from a legal perspective so i thought why don't i share my experience but not in a way that is sort of standard like me saying oh things should be done this way or that way but rather a bit more creative because i, I always mm-hmm. felt like i'm a i have this creative spirit in me so yeah. so yeah so yeah i've started doing a lot of stuff on linkedin and yeah tiktok recently because yeah. why not i mean tiktok <laughs> it's it's uh, tiktok are, are getting bigger and mm-hmm. uh, legal industry i feel like it's uh i, I was skeptical um mm-hmm. when i was when i was starting uh making my tiktoks i was like is the industry ready isn't it to let's say childish for like this very traditional very standardized industry but yeah honestly it wasn't it wasn't I, i've got a lot of um like positive feedback after my yeah. after my content so so yeah i feel like it's uh, yeah it's good it's it's sort of shifting the the stigma of this mm-hmm. industry being very yeah like traditional and yeah stuck in one place so mm-hmm. i do enjoy it so yeah, yeah. that's a few words about, about myself yeah, totally. And you can see from on your posts, the engagement and the comments and everyone's relating to it so that you, you can see for sure a, a more um, fun and approachable uh, voice of legal is, is definitely welcome as well, I'm sure. But I guess in terms of your experience, it's quite interesting because there's so many different routes that you could take in the in the legal world. And it's, I suppose, some of the roles that exist now probably didn't even exist five, two years ago, even for instance. And I know you spent some time as even a legal engineer, which is a position I'm seeing more and more of. Um, could you tell me a bit about what is a legal engineer? What what does a legal engineer do? Uh, it's it's a great question. I mean, yeah, I mean, just just to. Uh, say a few words about what we said before. Yeah, when I when I was when, when I graduated from law school, I'm just trying to think if there was such, if there was such a thing as law as legal tech. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not too sure. I felt like the only sort of two ways for the only two ways were sort of in house or working for a law firm. Uh, so so there was yeah there were like alternative legal paths, but just I I, I don't know. I just I just didn't think I would sort of. I would I would go that direction in the end, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So so that's why it's like now it's just so many new paths, routes to go into. There's legal mm-hmm. tech, there is um, legal design. Uh, a lot of yep. there's a, a lot of great legal legal designers in the market. Legal operations in general. Um, yeah, I mean it's, it's it's growing, and I feel like it's it's great because it's just 
you, you might have that legal background or you might be interested in, in, in legal or legal processes, but not necessarily what you want to practice law, which mm-hmm. is my case, basically. I want to, I, I have the background, but I, I'm, yeah, my, my area of interest is really, lies somewhere, somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, a legal engineer, that's a yeah, good question. Legal engineer um, makes it all possible. I mean, it, what they do is, is, is really to, it, it's really sort of um, how I'm, how I'm going to put it into, into words. Uh, yeah, making sure that you use legal tech that brings value. And mm-hmm. yeah, and because there's there's a lot of legal tech on the market, and there's the competition is is growing day by day. The market's uh, quite saturated with with some of the tools of certain areas. Uh, so yeah, legal engineers is really there for you to try to scout the right tool to make sure that you you, you use the right tool. Perhaps you already have the tool. Maybe you just need mm-hmm. someone to just like put bits together and just. Uh, make it all work for you because sometimes you just mm-hmm. you don't have to get a new tool to for you to uh to solve your sort of yeah your pain points perhaps you already have it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah that person is is sort of yeah making that journey uh sort of easy for you easy to to digest for your teams uh make that make that value is really there for you not just like buying uh your tools for sake of buying so it's like a you know, ego, ego buying just just because something is flashy, it's new, doesn't have to bring you, it doesn't have to bring value to, to your particular organizations. So yeah, I mean, I would say that that's the role of, of legal engineer in in a nutshell. I mean, there's a lot of things from like project management parts, mm-hmm. uh, process mapping, and things like that. So there's there's a lot, but yeah, I would say just making uh, legal tech work for you and bringing you value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, that makes total sense. And you touched on it briefly there um, in terms of legal design. I, that comes to mind a bit when I see your posts on, on LinkedIn because they're quite creative and they're, you know, they're colourful and they're really simplifying a lot of ideas in, in a great, easily digestible way. So I think, yeah, I can tell you've got a, a good uh, design head on you as well. So, and obviously now you're super active on LinkedIn and, and you're kind of building a, a community there and I can see lots of people engaging with you. Um, lots of our audience is um, in-house professionals and I think they've struggled in the past to kind of find a community because obviously in the business they're the, the they could even be the sole in-house legal uh, lawyer or professional We're, and online for instance they're now beginning to find a community of other in-house professionals so how do you think how important is it, would you say, for an in-house professional, in-house lawyer to find a community? I feel like from a like mental perspective, it's super important because sometimes you just feel like you're the cost center. <laughs> let's put, let's yeah. put it that way. Like you're, I wouldn't say you're not, you, you, sometimes you just feel like you're not needed in your organizations, but it's, sometimes it's, it's like you graduate from a law school, and you you know you, you imagine your flashy great career career you go into you go in you go to work in house and then you know sometimes you might not be the sort of the top part of the company and that's and that's um, that's not okay for sure that's not okay and I feel like that should that should that should be something that we should work on as well as a, as a 
as a community, as a as an industry to make to make sure that we value our in-house in-house lawyers, especially if there is just one, uh, mm-hmm. within a, like with small organizations. But also that knowledge sharing is also important because it is on, on social media is also important because uh, they can see how things can be done differently. Because mm-hmm. yeah, if you if you if you're there by yourself, if you're just finding, if especially if you're new quite a fresh one I was quite a fresh one as well so to, to find your feet it takes time and you make obviously you make a lot of errors hopefully not the legal ones but yeah a lot of sort of procedural errors uh, mm-hmm. it can be you know you can you can find better ways of running your projects uh, dealing with contracts dealing with redlining dealing with your third parties dealing with other with, dealing with a lot of things that Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, can can speed up the process, but you wouldn't know about that if you wouldn't see, say, post on LinkedIn, or if you wouldn't be inspired by, say, TikToks or things like that. So, so there mm-hmm. is definitely need of that, a need of that, because yeah, if you have other people in your organizations that are sort of working with you on a particular, uh, share, let's say, share the same um, set of responsibilities, I guess you can learn from them. Uh, mm-hmm. if, if they're good, if they're innovative, if, if they can spark that sort of innovation in you, that's great. But if you're just a sole, uh, yeah, sole legal practitioner in your organization, I feel like that's that's why those posts are quite important because it might, they might just inspire you to do something something different and something better for you and also mm-hmm. for your for your organization. So yeah, that's the that's the sort of idea behind it to to be that sort of little nugget of inspiration that I can mm-hmm. share with other legal um, professionals. Yeah, totally. And I, yeah, it certainly comes across that way. So it's, it's amazing. I'm loving what you're doing. And, and so what is the legal community like on LinkedIn? If someone's not active or isn't perhaps not even on LinkedIn yet, what's the legal community like on LinkedIn? I feel like it's a it's a, it's a community that, that is still growing. I don't think it's like we are at the stage where everyone in the community is there. Uh, it's it's still a, it's it's a still a community that is um, and it's sort of in this in this process of just trying to trying to find best ways to to collaborate. I mean, I love LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. I feel like it's 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 great. But what I'm trying to do with my posts and I haven't seen before is just like bit of a lighter view on like serious matters like a billable hour or you know client pain points perhaps yeah billing in general I mean billing is is usually the yeah quite a quite a serious topic and you mm-hmm. wouldn't want to sort of go uh, too crazy about it especially on like professional social media as, as is um, LinkedIn so, so I'm trying to sort of break that stigma a little bit and just try to be a little bit more open about it uh, mm-hmm. You know, also like like I said, co- like in-house lawyers being cost centers, this is something that we know is the case. But I feel like it's good that we discuss alternatives that mm-hmm. you know things can be different, and and I feel like approaching it from a from a different perspective, sometimes with a bit of humor, sometimes a bit of you know uh, like sarcasm. I feel like it's it's good because it's, it it just keeps things flowing the the more uh, innovative way uh mm-hmm. yeah so so that's that's the that, that's the that's what i'm trying to introduce on on linkedin and yeah i feel that the community 
is 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 growing, like I said. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, I mean, this is this is just a. I'm not saying like this is the truth, and and I'm like my posts are always, uh, you know, uh, sometimes I'm trying to spark a conversation rather than to be like, okay, this is the only the only thing that is true. I'm just I'm just trying to to make this community sort of grow organically in a way. So so that's that. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's an exciting time, yeah. especially especially now with uh, with legal tech, with yeah, like you said, legal design, with things. Mm-hmm. happening with, with things changing with the billable, billable our model sort of let's say ch- changing into something else with clients be, clients being more aware that there are different ways of practicing law there are different ways of drafting contracts i feel like it's an exciting time for for the community to sort of uh go into that new direction and, and yeah uh if we can do it using linkedin then why not If you're ready to absorb fresh ideas and find yourself a legal community online, LinkedIn might be the place for you. Especially if you're a solo in-house lawyer or part of a very small team, LinkedIn might just be the trigger you need to inspire you to do something different for you and your business. To benefit from the legal knowledge sharing that's already happening on LinkedIn, there are a few things that you can do. If you don't already have one, get your profile set up on LinkedIn. Follow some thought leaders in the industry to catch their commentary around the world of legal. You can join groups that are relevant to your interests. Try searching groups relating to in-house legal, legal ops or legal tech. Carve out some time to scan through LinkedIn on a daily basis. You'll hopefully find some great insights that you can try out for your business. Don't forget to check out the comments section of LinkedIn posts too. There's often some hidden insights in there. Lastly, when you're ready, start to share your own thoughts, opinions and insights. Whether that's by sharing your very own post, commenting on other people's posts or sharing your thoughts in a group. And I, I love that you're doing it in a way that it's, it feels a lot more human. And I think it's allowing lawyers who maybe haven't traditionally been, been able to tap into their other skills or their other passions or other sides of them that traditionally have, they've had to hold back because it's not the stereotypical or it's not what, what a lawyer should be like. So I think it's great that it's, it's becoming an outlet to, to express your thoughts in a, in a more creative manner as well, if, if you wish to. <laughs> I mean, yeah, definitely. I like, like I said, with like with my TikToks and even with my posts, I was like, should I? Should I not do it? Like, mm-hmm. how is the community going to react? Are they going to say, oh, this is yeah, this is like not professional? Like, am I going to struggle to find to find clients to find a job after that? Perhaps, you know, I had this mm-hmm. thoughts in my mind for a bit, but yeah, I, I, I feel like I feel like this is not as long as, as long as I'm, I'm not disclosing sort of my clients private information as long as I'm not saying something completely bonkers scandalous whatever like it's mm-hmm. fine like to have a bit of fun I think every industry needs a bit of fun uh as long as yeah you don't you don't go overboard I feel like it's this is this is something that you can you can learn through that and it's um and I, yeah I think the this, this industry definitely needs it and mm-hmm. and uh, yeah sometimes you just need to risk it uh sometimes you just need to risk it for a biscuit so yeah yes that's what, totally. I, that's what I try to do yes and were you nervous when you started posting on LinkedIn? How did it feel? Um, well, I mean, I was, 
yeah, I feel like I was I was nervous when I when I tried when I tried my first post because the reception wasn't crazy like crazy huge from the get go. So I was like, does it make sense for me to post like uh, things on, on LinkedIn? Does anyone care, you know, about about that? But I don't really do it for like likes or like mm-hmm. whatever people people commenting or sharing. It's it's great that people do it. Um, I feel like it's it's more about sort of me expressing sort of my thoughts in a creative way. So it's not really mm-hmm. about me being, you know, popular or being a trendsetter or being an influencer in that space. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it would be good, but it's not It's not really what mo- motivates me to like post things every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's really about, you know, just like I said, being like I'm, I'm a creative person and that's why sort of working in that very strict legal world was not exactly for me that's why i moved into legal tech and that's why i'm sort of trying to yeah use this outlet to to yeah to to share my to, to share my ideas with other other users to to create this community and um yeah it was it was difficult in a way that you know if you get a couple of likes like you do it every day and you just don't see any results it, yeah it, it can be demotivating but um yeah if, if you really like doing it I wouldn't, um, yeah, worry too much if you if you have to do it, uh, if it's if it's part of your sort of role, whatever. Yeah, that that can be can be demotivating, but yeah, I, I do enjoy it, and honestly, mm-hmm. it doesn't take that much that much time. It doesn't yeah. take that much time, you know, my agenda. I don't spend hours to like think, oh, what am I gonna like post today? I need to think. Yeah. Like, my the best ideas come in like, you know, a couple of minutes. I just I just feel like um. You know, I have a, I have a, I have an idea. Okay, I'm gonna like um, today. I'm think I was thinking about I don't know um, like what what, what like, you know, innovation in law firms. Like, what, what, like what's innovation in law firms? What does it what does it mean to be innovative? Like, and and then I, I yeah have a have a quick uh, yeah uh, like M- more organic. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like this is this is just that process that just should flow. We shouldn't plan it too much because yeah, I just I just feel like the more I plan it and the more like, oh yeah, this is, this is like super like clever and intelligent. I feel like this is, this is going to like be like a great post, but I don't know. I just, I just feel like the less you plan it, the more simple, mm-hmm. you, the more simple language you use, the more super su- simple the, so the, the layout you use is, is, is much better because you just get mm-hmm. more audience and people are engaging with your posts. So that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's super cool. That's why I'm like, not um sweating over it too much these days so yeah it's it's good good yes yeah i agree i completely agree and what would be your advice for someone wanting to kind of start their linkedin journey or become part of that legal community on linkedin um i would say you know just think what you what you want to say what think about what what interests you not really i wouldn't I wouldn't think about like hot topics or things that people would click on or or like what's what's sort of interesting at the moment because you would lose the enthusiasm very quickly. Like I've started doing this a few months ago uh, because I was genuinely interested about sort of legal tech, the industry, how things can be done differently. Uh, you know, also a bit TikToks as well. Like I was interested in how that would work. So I, I wanted to experiment a little bit with that. And and yeah, it, 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 
I'm doing it because because it's it's something that is I'm genuinely I'm genuinely passionate about. So if you I don't know if you if, if you're interested about GDPR, for example, <laughs> or um, yeah, legal like legal design, let's say, or, or other other parts of 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 the legal industry of the legal world, go for it. I mean, one hundred percent because. You don't have to be an expert to spark a conversation. I'm not saying I'm an expert in all of those fields that I'm posting and you know my posts on. I'm trying to sort of, like I said, give it give it a, a little nugget of some of of information what I think about a particular area, and then I want people to like engage with that and and see how we can, uh, yeah, how we can create a, a little conversation. So so yeah, definitely we need more people posting stuff like that I, I i feel like i don't i don't see a lot of people doing the same thing as i like similar things that i do which which you know it's not great i would i would love other people to do it because i feel like it's such a great way to like to share to share your knowledge to to really create that value in a, in a sort of more graphic way uh yeah so if you're if you're passionate about something if you don't feel like it's you do if you're not doing it to to get if if you don't feel the the need to do it, you know, just for money or to to get your clients, whatever, then you, it, it's 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 like a hobby. So then you can you mm-hmm. can really find your 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 niche in that uh, LinkedIn LinkedIn world. Yeah, totally. That that makes complete sense. And you've touched on it as well. Um, it feels like there's maybe a bit of a misconception about what LinkedIn is and. It is the the business network of all the social networks, but for someone starting out, how how should they be conducting themselves on LinkedIn? Well, I mean, I feel like the, the last thing that people want on LinkedIn is to like have little pitches of because obviously you 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 have people pitching to you left, right, and center, and if if they can see that your post is really about it's like a, it's like a bait and switch, then it's not i don't i don't think it's it's genuine that's why I, that's what I, that's what i'm saying it's you need to you need to be passionate about your your area of expertise you need to be passionate about what you what you're posting on so it's it comes across as a sort of a nice thing to that 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 I, that me as a as an audience i don't feel like you want something from me you know you you, you give me something but i don't it's it's not like a it's not like a sales pitch. So so that's uh, so so oh, yeah that's that. If you can make certain connections, if you if you can create relationships, that's great. I mean I'm all about all about creating connections. But um, but yeah, I would say uh, yeah. Like I know I know I would not engage with posts that are sort of very sort of salesy and and try to sort of um, yeah convey the message in a, in a way that it's that sort of uh, takes you to like a payment page so yes yeah. I just definitely. I just feel like it needs to be something like a genuine um, attempt to uh, yeah to bring some to bring some value to to your mm-hmm. audience yeah definitely it sounds like it's a bit of a cliche but just be yourself <laughs> yeah 100 percent 100 percent it's if you're not passionate about what you're doing other people definitely won't be Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. Yeah. 
And it'd be great if, if you've got some time, we could dig into just one or two of your posts um, that I've noticed and that I love and that I've seen people have been, been engaging with. Um, it'd be great to have a quick chat about those, if that's okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I suppose one that stuck out to me, obviously, Leeway being a legal tech company. Uh, the, so there was one that was centered around choosing the right legal tech solution. Um, and, and you said to focus on your pain points and, you know, I can completely get behind this. So I was just hoping you could maybe walk us through, um, your, your thoughts on, on that matter. Yeah. I mean, that's again, quite, quite a broad matter. You can, you can have a lot of different pain points. I mean, okay. First things first, if you are looking for a legal tech solution, start with your, start with your pain points, start with what you, why you want to speed up things, why you want to make things more efficient, because you might find yourself in a situation that you already have that solution in your, um, in your tech stack and you don't really need to look for different, different tools on the market to, to make it work for you. Yeah. So your, your pain points, it's, yeah, it's, it's super important. It's, it's really how you, um, what's missing in this, in this bigger picture, uh, what's, is it, is it the sort of the efficiency that you. Uh, you spend too much, too much time on repeatable tasks because that's the usual pain point that things that can be automated, you just don't automate them. Uh, you spend, you spend that time carrying out those tasks and, and you can utilize the time in a much better way. It can be pressure from, from different parts of the, uh, of the organization. That's also a pain point. Also, uh, like I've mentioned before, um, approval processes, they're, they're quite lengthy sometimes and just. And just like those, those approvals just like get stuck in on an email chain and no one is really responding to you or you're stuck with your negotiation process with your counterparty. So there's, there's a lot of pain points that, um, that exist. And obviously this is far from it being the sort of exhaustive list, but, uh, yeah, my point is really to just think about the list that what is really the problem here is, is. Definitely not the technology. I don't think that the technology is, is usually a problem. It's, it's, I would say that the process is usually a problem. Sometimes technology can't handle the process that you want to have, you want to have in place. And that's why you would look for a different, different technology, but it, it's really the, the technology that the main pain point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And at a practical level, how would you actually go about doing this? And how would you go about identifying your pain points? Um, yeah, so you know, think about your stakeholders, what they what they what they say about the process, and and monitor the time they spend on certain tasks. Uh, map those tasks. I mean, it's obviously high level. You can really map every single every single minute of every sort of stakeholder or every every single person in the team. What they're doing, but uh, but yeah, have a high level overview and see if what time is sort of needed to, to complete a certain task and see how important that this task is in a bigger picture. If it takes days and days to complete a very simple task that brings no value to the company, then probably that's a pain point because you just, you can utilize the time in a better way. But if it's, if it's something that takes a long time, but perhaps there is some value to it, uh, then, you know, you, you, it might, it might work out in the end, but. I would, I would say it's, it's really have a really clear vision as to uh, how, how your team or how the company operates 
from the time standpoint and also deliverable standpoint and, and, and really see if, if that makes sense to you because there's, there's a lot of things that are sort of the customary things that the things don't change um, and you just, yeah, you just, you just feel like that's the, the only way that you can, that the team should work. But yeah, there's, there's, there are better ways of, of doing things. So I would definitely check, uh, check that. Um, and, and yeah, perhaps, perhaps in, improve those processes. And if that is not going to work, then we can uh, sort of move into, into technology. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it feels like this is a really critical stage to obviously identify those pain points. Otherwise you could end up with a great, a great product as a tech solution, but it's not going to be right for your context. So it feels like it's a really critical, critical phase to spend time on. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, so yeah, also, also when it comes to sort of selecting the, uh, the technology, if, if you're at that stage, uh, when you start to select the technology, yeah, take your time, see if, if this legal tech, to, legal tech tool is targeted to your particular needs, because a lot of tools are sort of, yeah, a lot of legal tech tools are um, targeted, let's say, to the whole industry, to law firms, to companies, small, medium, large. That's what they say, but we need to, we need mm -hmm. to see for, you need to see it for yourself. Uh, you need to make sure that you know sort of what the success stories of those of those uh, platforms are, um, what sort of clientele to deal with, any other clients that you can potentially reach out to, because that's um, that's also quite a quite a good way to, to to see if that is going to work out for you. If if you know that a company, similar similar sized company mm -hmm. has been using that platform, perhaps you can reach out to them uh, and, and see how how that relationship went uh, with them. So, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things you can do in that, in that process, but yeah, selecting a, a good uh, legal tech platform is, is getting more and more difficult. When exploring your legal tech options, it's absolutely critical that you focus on your specific pain points. There are so many options on the market, so investing in a tool that meets your specific requirements is key to achieving a good return on investment. It's important to note that you should be thinking about the pain points of the whole business, not solely the legal department. So how do you identify your pain points? Well, firstly, speak to your stakeholders and map out their current challenges. Who are they? What do they say about your current processes? How much time are they spending on certain tasks? And what's the ROI of this activity? Then, do the same for your legal team. What is working well for you and what isn't? The goal is to have a clear vision of how your company currently operates in terms of legal matters. Next, as the first port of call, use this newfound understanding of what's not working to improve your processes. Then, if it still doesn't resolve the issues, it's time to look and explore legal tech solutions that are targeted to your specific requirements. Definitely, and you had definitely. another post um, that was around setting the expectations of um, the stakeholders to improve the adoption of tech once you have chosen it. And I think in your post, you mentioned about picking the low hanging fruit. Um, it'd be great to, to understand what you meant by this and why it's important. Yeah. So when it comes to expectations, 
I mean, legal tech is a new thing. Legal tech is something that you, that you expect things to just happen. Like it's like the same with AI. You feel like the, the moment you purchase an AI tool, things are just gonna happen automatically. Um, and it's yeah, I feel like it's. I would say that the mainstream media is is to blame for that because things don't happen um, sort of from one day to another. You you need to train that tool for it to work for you. Otherwise, otherwise, I mean, everything would be so much, so much, so much easier if just if things would just happen. Uh, I mean, look at let's say Siri. I mean, it's been what ten years that we we've been using Siri, and should be told. It's, it he still good. drives me mad. Still, still, you know, it's still still not that intelligent. I'm still struggling with using it, perhaps because of my accent, but perhaps it's because that Siri is not um, that great of a tool, and and, mm-hmm. and other other sort of assistance for that matter. So, so yeah, so things don't happen immediately. That's why you need to focus on those low hanging fruits and see how you can get the biggest value in the uh, low lowest amount of effort. So, is it yeah, coming back to coming back to basics, uh, perhaps perhaps you just need to change processes slightly to to use your tools that you're using now in a better, more organized way. Uh, taking your knowledge outside of your email into knowledge management system. If you have one, great. If you don't have one, you probably should uh, look into getting a, a knowledge management system because yeah, I mean that's. That's where that's where the the information that you have is going to live, and it's going to benefit a lot of parts of your of your organization. Yeah, things like you should you should have playbooks, uh, how to deal with certain parts of of the process, and not just like try to make an art out of every single process, um, and and automate as much as possible. If you can do it with the tools that you have, amazing. If you can look into look into technology that that is. That's, that is a good option if you if you have uh, obviously obviously if you can afford that yeah but but always start always start uh, low with the with the lowest amount of effort. So we know that you can't just drop legal tech into your organization and expect all your problems to magically disappear. You must first explore the low hanging fruit when it comes to improving processes and outcomes. You want to be thinking about how you can achieve the maximum business value faster. To do so, you might want to consider updating your processes, automating as many tasks as you can, using your current tools in a smarter, more effective way, creating playbooks, and doing all of the above with a user-centric approach. If you can tackle some of your challenges with these solutions, then great. If not, it's time to start exploring your legal tech options. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And is it related to the kind of um, like gap analysis and, and kind of mapping exercise you talked about previously in terms of how do you actually identify what the low hanging fruit is? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is all this is all kind of the first the first stage uh, of trying to be more innovative uh, like within within your organization so um, at that stage you might you might find out a lot of in, in interesting uh, facts about how your company operates and different teams operate legal team business team sales and 
and you can see where those gaps are. If those gaps are those love hanging fruits that you can, you can basically just change something very quickly and just make sure everyone is following the new, uh, the new procedure, then that's great. Uh, but if you, if you don't have that analysis, you just, yeah, you're in the, you're in the dark, you don't know what's, what's, what's going on. And I feel like this is always a good starting point. Yeah. Sometimes it's not worth, sometimes, sometimes you just have to accept that things are not efficient because there are different, there, there is a rationale behind it. Perhaps a company can afford a, to, to, to get a subscription uh, to a legal tech tool, or perhaps, um, yeah, perhaps the, uh, the company leadership is, is happy with things as they are, because to change the mindset of the leadership of the leadership is also quite important. Not every, uh, company CEO, CFO is happy to go into legal tech in tech in, in tech in general, because it's, it's just a sort of personal preference, I would say, and, and that can really, uh, matter quite, quite a bit when it comes to the, the overall strategy of the company. And yeah, you, you can't do much about it, but if you have that gap analysis, it gives you a starting point to go to the, to have a conversation with them and to show them clearly that, okay, we can, we can really sort of, um, fill those gaps here with like the tool stack that we have uh, in-house, but those sort of gaps are still something that we, we have to get, um, we have to have an, um, a different tool to, to, to work with that. And, and yeah, mm -hmm. and that's, 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 that's a starting point. Uh, if it's going to work out, maybe it's going to work out in one year's time, two years time, but yeah, it's always a good starting point to have that sort of, um, process mapped and those, those gaps analyzed in a, yeah, in a, in a, um, in a, in a manner that would, I would allow to, to start those conversations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's great. And to actually do a gap analysis, would you do it on like a Google doc, for instance, or what, what would it look like in the real world? Oh, I mean, this is, this is a, I feel, I would say this is a perf personal preference. There's just so many, so many tools. Uh, I mean, it depends. You can, you, you can do, you can, you can definitely do it on, uh, like Excel, Google docs, notion and whatnot. Like there is, uh, or like Miro maps, you can, you can map it, uh, in a, in a nice and, um, uh, visually pleasing way. And that's, that also helps because if it's, if it's just a black and white spreadsheet, then, then I guess the engagement is not as high as, as if you have like a, a nice sort of, um, decision tree or like team tree. Yeah that is colorful and engaging and people are like, oh yeah, we should do this. And yeah, it, it helps definitely, definitely the tool, this will helps, but, um, I would say don't invest, uh, in don't, don't invest in platforms that you don't have just to map your process. If you already, if you already have those tools in-house, sure, use them, engage your stakeholders, make it sort of make it, make it nice and make it, um, make it that it engages your your, your, um, yeah, your users, but if, if you don't, if you only have like basic stuff, then I would say, yeah, go with that because this is, this is very, uh, yeah, early stage of, of your, of your process mapping. So I would say the value is still not high enough to like invest in, in expensive platforms just to carry out, uh, yeah, the basic process mapping. 
Yeah, that makes sense. And it ties nicely into legal design as well, if you're able to do it in a more engaging way for the users who are, who you're involved involving. So yeah, that's perfect. Great. Well, I think that's all of we've got time for today. I don't know if you have anything you'd like to add on anything we've discussed. Yeah, I can see the time flies. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I enjoyed every minute of it for sure. Um, and yeah, so so what, what I what I can say, it's it's been great talking to you, Steph. Um, and and yeah, I feel like changing changing this uh, this industries. It's really exciting and I'm mm -hmm. always, I always love having conversations with, with like-minded people that really see things differently. They don't just, um, they, they don't settle for what's, what's the status quo now, but they want to introduce more value to, to the industry, more value to clients, because at the end of the day, we do it, we do it for, for our clients and we want to make sure that we offer more, uh, to them. So. So yeah, that is, that's been a, a great pleasure and yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, not at all. Thank you so much for your time. Um, we'll be looking forward to seeing more of your, your TikToks and your LinkedIn posts. So yeah, we'll stay tuned for those. Thank you so much. <laughs>